Hi, I'm Sarah Burbage, executive producer of the IBC Changemakers podcast. Thanks for listening. I just wanted to give you a quick heads up on the next couple of amazing listens. We're delighted to bring you two bonus episodes recorded live at the IBC show in Amsterdam, which took place in September. These fireside chats were part of an inspiring IBC Changemakers program, which attracted speakers and audiences from across the global media sector for two days of thought-provoking discussion and lots of networking. In this first bonus episode, our host Nadira Tudor speaks to the fantastic Wincy Knight, Senior Vice President of Global Inclusion at Paramount Studios. In the second bonus episode, it's my turn to take to the hot seat to interview Jabbar Sada, Global HR Director for BBC Studios. I'm sure you'll agree these professional and personal stories are an inspiration for making change in the media and entertainment industry. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Really intimate uh, time now that we have, and we've got an amazing person who's going to be talking in conversation with me right this second, uh, part of the IBC Changemakers program. A time to think about the power of weaving inclusion and belonging into the fabric of your organization. That's a wonderful concept. And unfortunately, I'm unable to claim that <laughs> phrase because it came from Wincy Knight, Vice President Global Inclusion Strategy from Paramount. So welcome to IBC Changemakers, um, Wincy Knight. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you for inviting me here. Now let's start with um, D&I is being a, a hot topic. I, I've worked in the industry for a number of years and it comes in and out of fashion. I hate to say this, the word fashion, mm -hmm. but it actually does. Mm -hmm. um, but we're focusing on the media and entertainment companies. What led to the recent prioritization of D&I across the industry? Well, there's there's no doubt um, the, the the murder of George Floyd had everybody talking about racial disparities and so forth. But let me tell you this, I am very proud that I work for a company that doesn't see diversity and inclusion as a trend. It's not a fashion trend. It's something that we truly believe in. It's something that we strive for. Um, we have the Office of Global Inclusion, which is led by Marva Smalls, my boss. And... Um, Inclusion is at the top table. We don't even talk about diversity. We talk about inclusion because inclusion is so important to how everybody feels. You either feel included or you don't. So therefore, we talk about inclusion to ensure that we create a culture at Paramount that makes everyone feel included. And one of the initiatives that started out in the UK in 2018 was Inclusion Week. And Inclusion Week was really... It's a week to celebrate inclusion. It's a week for everyone to down tools and actually think about what does inclusion mean? And we bring in thought leaders, we bring in change makers to kind of give insight and inspiration to our employees. One of the first strap lines of inclusion week was be you belong. I love that. Going forward, um, our strapline now is inclusion is paramount. Being your authentic self is so important. Um, why, why, why waste your time being someone else? Um, you, you are unique. You, 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 you should stand out. Is it really possible in the workplace to be that authentic self? Uh, look, <clears throat> when we say be you belong, 
we work in a corporate organisation. I'm not going to come to work inappropriately dressed. I'm not going to start behaving in a certain way. But what I do know, I can be wincy night, right? I can speak my true voice and I am privileged to be working in the Office of Global Inclusion that I can champion that for others. So, you know, we talk about leadership and we, we, we talk about how leaders role model. So if I can role model being myself and be my authentic true self, I think that's an amazing thing to do. And I, and I think, and I thank my workplace for me feeling like I don't have to put on a mask. And I truly say that, um, my team, I, I laugh hard. I, I, I love to joke around. I've seen that. <laughs> so, you know, my authentic self is if you know I'm laughing, I am not faking it. I don't believe in faking it. And I truly champion inclusion with my authentic self. So, um, yeah, I do believe it's possible. But it takes time. It takes time. It doesn't just happen. You have to feel comfortable. You have to have the right environment. And you almost need the, 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 um, the okay from the top to tell you that. That's key. And I want to pick up on that. <clears throat> yeah. You do have to have the okay, don't you? And you, you can't avoid that. No. And you've talked about belonging. And obviously, you've found that sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. How do you, in the position that you're in, ensure that you're not leaving anybody behind? Because you found it for yourself as an mm -hmm. individual, but mm -hmm. it's more than that in the workplace, mm -hmm. isn't it? It is. It is. Um, I spoke about leadership. I think for mostly leaders need to ensure they create these spaces. Um, part of the Office of Global Inclusion, five pillars are strategies. It starts with leadership engagement, workplace initiatives, content diversification, employee engagement initiative, sorry, um, investment, employee investment and community linkages. So those five pillars allow us to really champion inclusion in all assets of the business. You know, at the beginning you said, how do we weave DNI into our business? We weave DNI through those pillars and <clears throat> One of the best initiatives that we really have, and I say this all the time in our town halls, are employee resource groups allow employees to speak truth to power. We have our employee resource groups and, and, and they are there to really help us be smarter as an organisation. They're there to kind of be a catalyst to let us know how employees are feeling. We can't say, bring your whole self to work when we really don't know what that looks like. So we need people to tell us what are the barriers for you as a woman, for you as a black person, for you as a parent, for you as a young person starting out in your career. So our employee resource groups, which we have five in the international markets, we have Fusion, which is championing cultural diversity. I founded that in 2014, so my baby. Um, we have um, Woman Plus, which is around gender um, authentication. Um, we have 
Parenthood, which is for parents and carers. We have Proud, which is our LGBT group. And we have Rise, which is um, about the next generation of leaders. So our groups are imperative really for us to help us on this journey and we utilize them in many forums on screen and off screen to give us insight into how people feel and is this the right thing yeah they're they're amazing and and that's how you're building it in isn't it yes into the into the workplace so you've mentioned quite a few initiatives Mm -hmm. Where did the ideas for those initiatives come from? You talked about your baby mm-hmm. and you must have learned from initiatives that didn't work, for example, those lessons learned. Have you got examples that didn't work and how you developed it into something that actually was more successful? Well, I think, you know, when when you have your employee resource groups, you know, going back, you're given the... the the opportunities for employees to to speak truth to power and the employees can say well we don't feel comfortable with that or that doesn't work for me but i think one one of the let, let's talk about the positives so one of the po- positive things that have come out of what our initiatives as we keep on going we have International Women's Day, Women's History Month, year on, year in, right? And that shouldn't be the only time that we talk about um, gender equity. Um, we have launched earlier this year um, the Impact Series, and the Impact Series focuses on um, gender equity. And it started off, it kick-started in, in Australia, and I was privileged enough to go to Australia and kick-start it um, with Pam, who leads the international markets. Um, so what does that mean? People go, well, look, you, you, you're an organization with a top, you know, Fortune 500 female leadership. Why, why, why do you need to focus on gender? I say the gender agenda isn't done unless you focus on intersectionality, right? The intersectionality of women and all the different barriers, just because you see a woman in power doesn't mean that it's easy for every... That it's done. Every, yeah, that it's done. Yes. So the, the Impact Series does that and, and it will keep on adding to the business to make the business create an environment where every woman can feel if they want to reach the top, they can. Not everybody does, but there shouldn't be any barriers for you to achieve that. And, and that's interesting because I was going to say that how do you ensure that those making the decisions are open to continual analysis? Because effectively, that's what you're saying is mm-hmm. we have to continually assess and move organically because times change. Yeah. It's not, it's never a done deal, is it? It's never a done deal. And, you know, my boss, Marvel Small, says we're on a journey. We are on a journey. And this journey means sometimes we go fast, sometimes we go slow, sometimes we have to go backwards, bring people along and then go forward again. So it, it is a journey. And I think it will be a continuum because there's always going to be people who don't feel included. Mm. Um, and, and we need to kind of make space and understand and what is it what is, why don't they feel included what can we do and again the office of global inclusion one of our missions is to hold leaders to account right 
So, what does that look like? What does that look like? Well, it could look like, woo, Wincy's coming to town and she's going to have a conversation with the senior leadership. <laughs> Are you scared? Don't be scared because I do believe in schooling, not scolding, right? <laughs> I, I believe that. in that and I do believe in making sure that people feel comfortable in leading inclusion. You can't lead inclusion if you are awkward talking to people who look who don't look like you, right? You need to be comfortable. It is your responsibility as a leader to create a culture that is inclusive. So you better get curious and better understand your people in your organization. That's what I say. I think that's a little <laughs> bit of a round of applause, don't you? So, I need to think about and understand some of the issues that your team are prioritizing right now. Well, as I said, we, we, we're prioritizing, it's great having this mic, I feel like Janet Jackson. Well, you, <laughs> you're nearly there. Um, so it, it, it's, it's, it's great, but um, you know, we, we're, we're focusing on things like gender equity with the impact series. We're focusing on LGBT. Um, you know, now when, when people say that, you go, what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, it means leaders being curious, thinking about whose voice is missing, um, what can we do differently and how can we create content that is authentic? So the Anna team, hats off to them. In Israel, we have uh, the Anna studios in Israel and um, they, were create, um, they were creating some content that needed um, a trans lead, they couldn't find the trans lead. What did they do? They worked with the Office of Global Inclusion and um, got budget to create a school for a, a transgender acting school. And this transgender Amazing. acting school was went for a whole year. But if you can't find the talent, what are you going to do? I hate that when people say the talent's not there. It's one of my bugbears. Look harder. Go and get the talent. There's talent in every shape and form out there. Talent doesn't look one way. We need to ensure that every leader thinks about talent in a different way. I was in a session yesterday and um, a gentleman said, you use the word risks three times in your... Uh, and we were in, talking about yeah, risks, weren't you we? You use the word risk. And if you are looking to um, create people to bring them on a journey, why would you use the word risk? I said, because majority of people think of diverse talent as a risk, right? So if you look at me as a risk, you're never going to want to engage with me. You have to open up your mind and think differently. And if I'm a risk, what, what does that mean? You don't want to engage with me. You don't want to work with me. So that's the reason why I use the word risk, because that's what you truly feel. So if I use that word, it means that I'm just kind of making it okay for you to know that. But we always know every McKinsey, Deloitte, they always quote about how diversity brings innovation. We're at a session about technology and we're talking about in, in, in innovation. And innovation can only be created if you allow that authentic piece to happen. Take the risk. Pluto TV, the content that's on Pluto TV, they take risks. So important, isn't it? Reflecting me. Mm -hmm. Did you see yourself being reflected when you were growing up? Not at all. And what did that do to you? I didn't want to be brown. 
That's what it did to me. And I'm sure there's lots of people out there. And that's the interesting thing when we use the word diversity. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you a quick story. I went to the uh, Jaipur India Festival for the first time in London. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I'd seen a real pride in the South Asians because a lot of them were native South Asians and they were proud to be Indian. The complete opposite to how I grew up in the UK. And I think that's really fascinating. And I'm sure there's lots of people like me who experienced that. They didn't want to look like they looked because it just didn't fit in. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll show you a story. So I grew up in Leicester and um, Leicester has a huge um, Asian population and um, they used to call me the little Indian girl. Why? Because I used to do stick dancing. I <laughs> I played the sitar. Um, I was Arjun in Mahabharat. No, you, you're you're more Asian than me. Well, you, you you know, and maybe that was the 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 foundation for me to be in this role because um, it really is it is important for people to feel accepted and not 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 want to be themselves you know that 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 cuts me to the core to hear that because you know everyone should be proud of who they are no matter their skin tone shade and so forth so we want to make sure that in our content we are reflecting our audience which is by nature diverse so thank you for sharing your story well, I think it's really wonderful that the work that you're doing, um, how are you seeing the changes happen? Because obviously there's positive change and I'm sure people are learning from all the different initiatives that you've included and woven into your workforce. Do you share them? H how is it being perceived? I, I think it's being perceived um, positively internally. Um, and I think... Um, the, the best thing is looking at the data, looking at our data of our workforce um, with, um, we, we have a Gallup survey, so we kind of look at our workforce constantly. What does it look like? How does it work? And there's another quote from Marva Smalls, what gets measured gets done. What gets done gets repeated. What gets repeated gets rewarded. And I feel if you don't have an intent to want to do better, you're never going to do it better. So looking at the data as an anchor, whether it's looking at your gender pay gaps, ethnicity pay gaps, whether it's looking at your engagement scores with your employees, whether it's looking at, do your employees feel in engaged? Do they feel included? And you've got to work from that. So truth is essence. And I think what's great about Paramount we are not afraid of the data. We let the data guide us to do better. A lot of people, they look at the data and they don't like it. And they're like, oh, right, we'll just cover it up and pretend. Do they? <laughs> I mean, I'm obviously <laughs> as if you didn't. But, yeah. but that's an interesting point, yeah, because somebody is reading that data. Yeah. And they might be finding things that they don't like. They're yeah. Hopefully finding things that are improving year on year on year. But there will be times, won't there? There will be times, but I think... Being authentic, being true, being transparent, having intent, having leadership engagement in that helps you go on that journey and talk about difficult things 
And we need to make, make people okay with being uncomfortable, right? People don't like being uncomfortable. Let's just sit in this uncomfortable moment for a minute, right? And you think, well, what can we do differently? And then you come through the other side. So you've got to always, you've got to hold, hold people to account. Well, I could talk to you all day long, <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> so I want to thank you for being an IBC change maker. Um, there's a few quotes that I'm going to steal off you, Wincy, like truth is essence, um, schooling, not scolding. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> so don't, good. Don't think I'm coming to scold you. I'm coming to help you. I'm coming to give you the energy to lead in your best self. That's great. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. You are the best IBC Changemaker. Thank you. Wins Thank you. Night. Thank you. You've been listening to the IBC Changemakers podcast with me, host Nadira Tudor. 